We are delighted to partner with Jane Plan, the UK's leading weight management system, for this season. Use unique code TWC50 for an incredible £50 off at www.janeplan.com. Just to go back to the thing, if you're not married, because that is me, and that is what, you know... I'm talking to friends, I'm talking to my parents. They all panic on my behalf. And probably quite rightly, because if you're not married to your partner, you absolutely, we live in a society where you have no rights. You will not inherit anything unless it is stated in the deceased will, which is a horrible thing because it means that my 23, four-year-old relationship is completely null and void. It means nothing in the eyes of the law. Hello and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. Liz. I don't know how to put this because it's kind of a... It's actually a really awkward subject. But would you know what to do if you found yourself suddenly single? And I'm not saying that Paul's going to leave you. <laughs> it's oh, something like that he's going to keel over tomorrow. But... You know, we're at that age where it's really worth thinking about how much do you know about what goes in your house? How, what would you do if the worst happened? And really sadly, the worst happened to a couple of my friends fairly recently. And these are smart women. These are like career women. Um, but they found themselves perhaps in a situation that could have been made a little bit easier if they'd been more transparency um or uh, do you know, do you remember when anthea was telling us about um we had we talked to her um some time ago and she was saying about pink jobs and blue jobs mm. and i do think kind of in our in our kind of generation there is still a little bit of that okay um i'll handle travel kids house uh you handle money pensions accounts and who knows which way that would be, male or female, right? Because we all bring our left or our right brain to the table. That sounds kind of weird, but can you imagine bringing your brain to the table? Hello, listeners, I am here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when I finish my monologue, <laughs> I feel like Jimmy Kimmel now. <laughs> so anyway, Liz, what do you think about that? No, no, not a funny situation at all. But I was having this conversation with, with my husband, Paul, very, very recently because I didn't know how to access... A particular account. And he showed me and I forgot again. So you shouldn't really write down your passwords, but I have. Oh, you and do. You need to write yeah, them down. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't remember in. passwords. I changed mine every five. I can't remember my Netflix password. I remember your name sometimes. I remember the bank. <laughs> but no, it, it's something that we... No, I don't. To be honest, I think I'm organised, pretty intelligent, you know, on the ball, but no, I'm not. But that's the thing. It's not about intelligence, is it? It's about... Um, well, transparency and just bothering to know because I'm so lazy about that stuff because I hate numbers. Mm. And when this, you know, my friend lost her husband and I said to James, I said, you know what, if that happened to me, I'm embarrassed to say I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't, I'd be able to organise things. That's not a problem. I can organise things. But would I know what was due to me or how much we owe on the mortgage and where the payments are going out on time. And I don't want to take over that stuff. Get, don't get me wrong. I do not want to have anything to do with it. But I should know how to access it and to find the passwords or to 
you know, just honestly, just be a bit more aware. I think we put our head in the sand. Well, I do. I, I'm not interested in that stuff at all. Um, and I think we should be. Well, yeah. Because we don't know what's around the corner. It could be the other way around as well. You know, I'm, I'm not sure Paul knows some of the things that I know about <laughs> practical stuff at home. Oh, yeah. In the house, you know. I don't think James could find his way out of the driveway. <laughs> don't listen to this, James. No, but I think this, we, we do. And that's the thing we should share it because the same could be the other way around. Okay, they could probably access to the money, but they may not know how to sort the washing machine out. Uh, they wouldn't know, you know, where the accounts are for the utilities, perhaps. Um, it's interesting. I, funny you say that. I do, I pay all the sort of boring bills but i don't know about the probably more important stuff but then if you don't have electricity and gas that's important that's as well important. but you know the high level stuff which is not it's nothing to do with male female pink blue or whatever it's just you're right i'm not interested well it's division isn't it it's division of responsibilities it's you know if you're doing everything in the household well that's an unfair that's a really unbalanced relationship and that's probably not going to end well at some point either but i mean if you are in a relationship and of course, this wouldn't be the case if you've got a spouse that is maybe, I don't know, cheating on you or being a bit naughty. <laughs> I don't know. You've got to, it's, this is really, and maybe these things should be started early. They should, you know, I think they should be part of it's like your marriage ceremony or something. It's not just, you know, I love you, but I don't know what they are because I can't remember. <laughs> um, but it should be a lot more, you know, you're, you're, you're open about what needs to be done. And you both have access to it all. You know, with the kids, I, I probably did almost everything because I was interested. It's not like, not to say that Paul wasn't interested in the kids, but it was easier for me to do it. But if something had happened to me, I don't think he'd have known. Oh, no, no. He'd have fact, he'd discovered it. He'd have worked it out, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, when you're in a time of crisis, whether it's because, you know, perhaps you're getting divorced and it's you're not, it's, it comes as a big surprise. Your husband leaves you or your spouse leaves you or... Your husband, your spouse dies suddenly. It's it's really about being prepared in a moment of crisis when already you're in a whirlwind of terrible emotions. But but also, what happens? You know, it, it's not just if sadly they die or you get divorced. It's just if they have an accident or or a stroke or something, and they they can't communicate. You're, mm -hmm. you're a bit stuffed with that as well. Yeah. Well, I reached out to somebody I knew many decades ago who is now on TV um, very frequently and is really smart about all this stuff. So we are lucky enough to have Alice Beer joining us on the sofa today. So I'm really delighted to have Alice Beer on today, who's an English television presenter and consumer journalist. And we both started at the BBC on a T-line secretarial course back in 1987, didn't we? You're lying. You're lying. I wasn't even born then. I don't know who you're talking about. No, that's true. I think it must have been totally 20 <laughs> years later than that. But then Alice, darn her, got one of the best jobs offered to our pool of 24. And she went off to be a secretary on That's Life with Esther Ranson. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I was green with envy. I'm not going to lie. But I ended up in BBC radio drama, which I did love. Anyway, Alice is best known for appearing on the British consumer investigative journalism programme Watchdog, which was on BBC One. Uh, between 93 and 99. And now she is the consumer editor on This Morning and she's been there since 2014. She's a mum to twin girls and is an empty nester like us. And she knows a thing or two about consumer rights and finance. And I thought she'd be honestly the perfect person to give us some advice on empowering women about finance and what to do if the worst should happen and we are suddenly solo. So 
Alice, over to you. What would you start with there? Well, I'd start by I always slightly laugh when people introduce me as having any kind of financial acumen, any kind of expertise when it comes to finances, because I have been through those phases where I haven't opened a credit card statement. I haven't opened a bank statement. I've stuck my head in the sand. And they've been quite extended um, sort of periods of time. And I really have got into a mess. So please, I don't want to go on any kind of pedestal for being financially brilliant, because I too have ignored impending financial doom. Um, and I've got through it. Um, and I think when you've come through something, you actually gather a bit of a bit of knowledge. Let's just say things stick as you roll along. Um, so I think what's really, really important is for you to look very honestly at your situation right now, not in terms of doom and gloom and what's going to happen around the corner. I mean, one thing's for sure, we're going to die but I don't really want to go into it with that perspective. Does one of you have the financial power in your house? And a recent survey found that over half of cohabiting couples and over two thirds of married couples have what, uh, what you could call a senior financial partner. So one person basically holds the purse strings. And that definitely was the case in my house when um, I stopped work and had little ones. I sort of handed over all financial responsibility to my other half. Um, we weren't married. We're still not married. And that's a whole different ballgame. Um, and he took on mortgages, life insurance, pensions, savings account, bank accounts. And I think possibly if he had keeled over when the girls were about three, I would have been definitely up a creek with no paddle in sight um, because I didn't really face up to what could happen. And I think that many, many women will do that, that they will enter child rearing and maybe put aside their brilliant jobs and careers um, and also hand over the financial reins. And I think we do have to be honest that death, divorce and dementia, there we go, I've said them all, one of them is very likely to hit your family. And I think you have to be very honest with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, if he or she went tomorrow, would I know where the hell everything was or how to start or how to find things or even what's the password for his phone or computer? Because really, it, you've got to do it now. You have to do it now. And if you answer, no, I don't know what I would do or I don't know where to find those things then now is the time to have the conversation. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, well, I was just explaining to Liz that I've had a couple of friends who have suddenly lost their husbands. These are very smart women. They were very career-oriented women, but they, uh, in some cases, didn't know where to find everything. And you're so bogged down in, you know, you're going through an emotional spiral by that time. If you can front-end all this, you're going to save yourself an awful lot when what you really need to do is is concentrating on yourself and your emotional well-being and getting through grief, whether it be over, a, you know, your husband or, or spouse leaving you or, you know, through illness or death, as you say. Um, I couldn't agree with you more to front end it. I mean, it is going to be hard. You have we've all got hard times ahead. 
we know that we've got hard times ahead because that's the inevitability of life, which makes each day to day more joyous. And without impending doom and gloom, you know, um, I think empowerment is really the key word. Empowerment is so much better than denial. And I think you've just got to be really brave about saying, do you know what, can we just set aside Saturday morning, um, if you've got young kids, farm them off to somebody, uh, get somebody else to do the the sports run or whatever, or take them to a friend or parent and say, we're just going to sit down with coffee rather than wine, and we're going to go through absolutely everything. And when you start, you realise just how long the list is. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't start it, but you absolutely should start it and go through things quite methodically from your mortgages, your pensions, your loans, your utilities, your subscriptions, your insurance, your life insurance, your car tax, your car permits. You list every single thing and work out whose name is on each one of those things. Is it in my name, your name, both our names? Whose name is the house in? Whose name is anything in? Because unless you got half a control while you're both still alive or compus mentis, then you won't have any control once you lose your partner through divorce, death or dementia. Um, And that is a sad fact. And there's no way that your partner probably would want you, unless it's a really horrible split up, (laughs) that would want you to be you know, completely financially stuffed and and really just trying to work out life after they've gone. You just don't want to be worrying about the next bill coming in. And I know clever, sassy women, as you've said, who suddenly, they know they've got money in the bank somewhere, cannot pay the mortgage a month after their husband has died. And that's ridiculous and that's absurd. So sitting down with a pen and a paper and writing it all down and making your, I'm not going to say spreadsheet because that's scary and people think I, I can't make a spreadsheet. Just literally make a list. Don't put the passwords on that list. They're going somewhere else. Passwords and usernames have to go somewhere. But make a document. Actually, I like Google Docs for this. I like Google Docs with a lock so that it's got a password so that only you two know it. And only you two can access it. And you literally start and go through everything. And the senior or the dominant financial partner has to give up everything that they have and just list everything so that you know. Um, And that conversation, honestly, once you've had it, um, it's amazing. Suddenly you will find, oh, gosh, hang on, I'm actually sleeping a bit better because it was in the back of my mind and I hadn't realized how much of my brain it was occupying passively, a passive worry about what would happen if. Um, and those ifs do happen. So, you know, you you absolutely need to do need to have that conversation. I mean, have you two had that conversation just to throw it yeah. at you? Well, it was actually prompted by my, my friend's um, husband passing that I sat down with my husband and I said, I know I'm not even interested in this, but I do realise I'm just being downright ignorant and I need to, even if I don't take in the numbers, because I think I'm probably number dyslexic, I'm terrible with numbers. If I know where to access and I, I can know what our financial health looks like now and what, what accounts that we have, then I'm not going to worry so much. Are you the same, Liz? Well, yeah, I had this conversation with my husband very recently, but again, because of the conversation I'd had with Michelle, 
But what was interesting with myself and my husband was we were talking, we met, you know, not say later years, but we hadn't really discussed stuff together. And I completely forgot I had another pension. You know, he didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. And, you know, it's a reminder as well for each of you to, 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 to delve into what you've got. Because, if you, you know, I work, you know, separately. We had a business together. But, you know, in the 80s, 90s, I was doing something completely different. And I totally forgot I paid into a pension. And that was um, a post by Martin Lewis. You can have that money. You'd be throwing, you'd be throwing that money away. He was delighted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was. <laughs> yeah, watch out for a bit of grease on the front step when you leave the house. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that big. I'd stopped paying into oh, it. I realized, okay. unfortunately, <laughs> not enough to bump you off. <laughs> but it, but that—that's the point. It, it's a reminder as well on both sides of things you've got that you you may not know that you that they exist. Yes, and you don't have to be financially brilliant at the technology. But what you do have to do, and I think you were going to mention this, Michelle, is you have to express your wishes. And you have to express your wishes, um, and you try and say that after a bottle of wine, express your wishes on every aspect of everything. So number one thing, I suppose, is a will. And the will, you can write that will. You can write it yourself and get a neighbour to verify it and witness it. Um or you can get a solicitor to do it. And I'm a great advocate of getting a solicitor to do it because they will make sure that your intentions are actually legally sound. So you might say, I want my wife to have everything. And you might have a past wife who might sort of, um, yeah, I, I don't know, it's open for interpretation unless you've been very legally clever. So I would say it's a good £150 well spent. If you don't have that £150, go online and there are many, many, many will-making services, a lot of them attached to charities, who in exchange for you giving a very small gift to that charity will sort your will out for you. And that's quite a nice thing all around, isn't it? So if you want to leave things to animals or, you know, donkeys whoever you want to give something to just um i do understand that a donkey is an animal but um <laughs> in case you think she's lost the plot oh dear um yeah i mean that can be a, a good way of doing it and, and finding out so expressing your wishes a through a will and then looking at everything that you've got like your pension you could find that your pension defaults back to the pension company if you haven't expressly said, after my days, I want my wife, my partner, my children, whoever, to be the beneficiary of this pension. Now, when you sign up for a pension, they should ask you to fill in a form. But actually, knowing this conversation was going to happen, I asked my husband, I call him my husband, we're not married. I asked my partner a couple of days ago, um, I said, when you did those pensions recently, did you actually do uh, an expression of wish wishes? And he said, well, I might have done. This guy's a lawyer, by the way. Um, I might have done, but I'm not entirely sure. Let me go and check. And he wrote it down. He's going to check it. So, you know, don't think that you're not financially competent if you haven't done some of these things. It's just there's a lot, a lot, as uh, Americans like to say. It's a lot. It really is. So not just a will expressing your wishes for after your days, but a pension. Um, ask the administrator, um, you know, what would happen if, you know, ask them that blunt question. What would happen to my fund 
if I were to die. That's shocking, um, isn't it? To, to yeah. have that whole pension revert back to the company potentially because you haven't done one simple piece of paper or admin online or phone call or, or whatever it is. My mother told me that. She yeah, oh, did she? Me, yeah, my mother, because my father her. died when, when I was quite young and she was talking about pensions and she gets my father's pension. I was like, oh, it's a bit odd. I didn't know that. And she said, I had to speak to, and this was like in the 70s, but I had to, you know, it had to be written in that way. So lucky, but I'm getting worried now. Is this perhaps a good point to mention power of attorney, both health and financial? Well, I think that is something that should be done. Um, I think you sort of tend to get a bit of a heads up if um, a power of attorney needs to be done. But if you're in a marriage, um, I think, you know, I think the best thing to do is if you're if we're talking about partnerships here, I think power of attorney with aging parents is different. I think there's more that's more expedient. But I think if you're in a partnership, it is probably more important to ask yourself why things are in one name or another name and why they're not in both names. And there may be some tax efficiency about why they're in one person's name or the other person's name. But I would be going through all the things, the utilities, um, the mortgage, any loan, any subscriptions, any insurance, everything, any and everything, and putting them in both names. Because if your name's on it, then afterwards you can deal with it. And if your name's not on it, it's going to take you days of hanging on the phone to do each and everything on that list. But yes, of course, power of attorney is worth doing. Um, but I think if your name is on something, you don't need to. You know, it's um, it's going to depend on your circumstances. So, yes, worth doing, definitely worth doing for elderly parents, but it's not high up on my list. Um, I think, again, in expression of wis- wishes in your will, um, if you've got an expression of wishes um, and it very clearly says, um, in the event of my ill health or incapacity or death, I wish, you know, my partner, Alice, to make all decisions on my behalf, then it's there. And I think, you know, it's a living will. And I think um, you've expressed your wishes. And I think if that's signed and expressed in your will, then that would hold, you know. So um, if the the worst would happen, and sometimes I do think it is the worst, that your partner would have a stroke, say, and be completely incapacitated, um, and so the will and the death doesn't kick in, but the complete mental uh, verbal incapacity does, then you've st- you're still covered. If, like me, you're looking to lose weight, then take a look at Jane Plan. Jane Plan is the UK's leading weight management system that creates deliciously healthy meals and delivers them directly to your door. Together with their support, you'll lose weight, feel healthier, happier and more in control of your eating habits. Created by nutritionist Jane Michelle, Jane Plan is the easy and healthy way to lose weight. All your breakfasts, lunch, dinners and snacks are pre-prepared, perfectly portioned and nutritious. Taking the worry away when it comes to managing your weight. There's no calorie counting, no weighing, no complicated recipes to follow and virtually no shopping either. In fact, all you need to do is heat and eat. And with personalised support from their qualified nutritionists, you'll join over 100,000 Jane planners who have lost weight and kept it off. Are you worried about anxiety, trouble sleeping, brain fog, low energy or low libido? Solora, the premium supplement for women over 40, has you covered. Say goodbye to night sweats, hot flashes and those 
pesky aches and pains. Solora is not your typical women's supplement. It's a game changer. With 12 clinically proven ingredients, all at optimal daily doses, Solora is designed to support you through menopause and beyond. Solora is all natural, vegan, and with no additives or fillers. With a stellar 4.7 rating on Trustpilot, their customers rave, taking Solora has brought me back to myself. No more night sweats, hot flushes, and less brain fog. Visit www.selaura.com today and enter code TWOWOMEN, all one word, at checkout for an exclusive 10% off your first order. And I think a lot of people get very nervous about writing a will. I remember we did it when we were living in the States because we realised that we would have to set up a trust because otherwise I could have you know, being kicked out of the country within three months on the visa that I was on with young children. So there's different circumstances about why you do that. But I think often people are very nervous that they almost manifest bad stuff by even thinking about a will. And actually, I did feel really upset by doing it. But once it was done, I just shelved it. It's just filed away. It's done. I don't have to think about it anymore. And I think we just have to take that step. Yes, actually, do you know what? Writing a will can be quite nice in a way because you can say, you know what, I'm here on this earth, but after my days, I'd actually like to um, make a few people smile. Um, So things like if you look around you right now, you know, I can sort of see, um, I can see a necklace of mine that um, I picked up when I was on holiday. It doesn't really mean anything, it's got no value. But it's quite pretty. And I know that I'd like to list that and give it to a goddaughter. And I think just a few things looking around, you don't need to itemise everything in your house, but you can cause joy. You can give um, a little smile to somebody after your days. You could do all the big stuff like saying, this is the person I want to be the main beneficiary. These are the minor children I've got. These are the minor children I've got from a previous marriage. This is my ex-wife from a, you know, you can do all that stuff. But you can also list some nice things as well. And you can say, you know, the time on my earth was, uh, my time on this earth was good. But actually, when I'm gone, I'm going to make people's lives a little bit happier by giving them some nice stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? Why not? I've got paintings on my walls that aren't worth anything. But I'd like them to go on, you know, friends and family's walls. And they can say, oh, why she ever bought that? I don't know. And now we're obliged to hang it. That's why I just read that article yeah. on, yeah, what to do with your treasured, treasured possessions. You know, not everyone wants what, what you think is nice. But, you know, be honest with your family and your friends and say, do you want it or do you not want it? Yeah, but it's true. I, I think I put it in the will, you know, but that's the best way of doing it. And then they it. can deal with yeah. it. And then they can yeah, it. it is. If it means something to you, because you can also say this means something to me because, I mean, you know, you can sit down with your laptop and again, please don't bring alcohol into this because if you're like me with a glass of wine, you become very verbose. So oh, I would end, I end up, up writing buying a book. online. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. I've done that. Um, and I somehow, when, I, when I've had a glass of wine, I buy it online in a smaller size. What's all that about? <laughs> That's what you're thinking. Oh, God, James, I've done that. We've ended up buying tables and we've had to re- cancel things the next day. Oh, it's ridiculous. Have Don't you ever do bought that. Doll's House furniture? I've had people write into me, and I say write into me, email me or whatever, on this morning, and they show me that they've bought, and there's lots of them on social media, they think they're buying a chair and it's a Doll's House chair. 
<laughs> it's pretty, no, no, I'll post it. It's no problem. Ooh, well, that's very generous. <laughs> uh, that should dear. be the giveaway, shouldn't it? The alarm bell should be ringing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just to go back to the thing, if you're not married, because that is me. And that is what, you know, I'm talking to friends. I'm talking to my parents. They all panic on my behalf. And probably quite rightly, because... Um, if you're not married to your partner, you absolutely, we live in a society where you have no rights. Um, you will not inherit anything unless it is stated in the deceased will, um, which is a horrible thing because it means that my 23, four-year-old um, relationship is completely null and void. It means nothing in the eyes of the law. But um, whereas I think sometimes it means a hell of a lot more than people who've got a piece of paper, you know, binding them together. Um, but actually, you you're not entitled to anything. And I think there was a there was a survey recently, a, a research recently that showed that sort of a third or more than a third of cohabiting couples didn't know what their rights would be if their partner passed away without leaving a will. They just didn't understand and. A lot of those people thought that they would automatically, as they probably should, be entitled to inherit their partner's share in any property that they live in together. And if you look, you know, if you start Googling it, you'll see that it is the solicitor's worst nightmare that they have to call, um, you know, the, the partner of the deceased and say, I'm really sorry, but you actually have to move out of that house. So that doesn't fall under common law spouse? No. There's no such thing, really. There isn't such thing. Your partner needs to have a will that includes you. The executor executor of the will has to be someone who understands your relationship, um, especially if they've got a prior marriage and children from a prior marriage. Um, You know, you don't want to take second seat to a wife. You know, if you have the big white wedding and he's got an ex-wife, and you are a girlfriend, a partner, whatever demeaning term, you know, you've taken on. And I wish someone would invent the word because I'm fed up with saying I'm a partner, which either implies we're in a, a gay partnership or there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, I feel I sort of have to explain that or a business partnership um, or um, girlfriend, which sounds like we're 22 and snogging behind the bike sheds. But um Sometimes that would be nice, frankly. But um, anyway, sorry, back to serious. Can I just ask a question there? Yes. Um, no. So if you are not married, it's the inheritance tax. You know, you can pass over to your to your spouse X amount before. Does that mean that, that you don't get any of that allowance? Nope, 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 nope. <gasps> Gosh, that's oh, As far for. as I'm concerned, look, anything I say, please, please, you know, huge caveat, check it. But that's my understanding. You do not. That's what I yeah, heard. Absolutely. Um, and that. You know, brings me on to tax advice because at our ripe old age, um, which I don't consider to be old at all, um, it's now if you've got anything of value, now is the time that with inheritance tax in mind, aren't we lucky that we can't be doing this? But if you do have a house in your name or whatever, you've got sort of you've got to have seven clear years if you've passed anything on, if you've gifted anything to your children, if you want it to be tax clear. You've got to survive for another seven years. And yes, of course, I hope I'm going to be living, you know, and dancing into my 60s. But, um, you know, it's something you've got to think about it. Got to think about it. 
So, yeah, you do have to make, um, you have to check. Um, I think there's something called a beneficiary designation, and that can apply to life insurance policies, assets, wills, um, bank accounts. And he can, I'm always saying he because I'm kind of just defaulting to it, but he, she, your partner must make that clear. Um, and, and obviously, the ideal situation is to have things in both names. But obviously, there are some situations where you can't suddenly change things. Like you're not really going to go to put the mortgage in both of your names um, or life insurance. It gets complicated. But just express all those things, first of all, make it very, very clear um, and make sure, of course, if you've got minor children, then, you know, that they are looked after. I mean, some people at this point will be either dozing off or saying, I need financial help because this is all too complicated. I'd I'd say the majority would be in that, oh, my God, I had no idea, kind of. Yeah. But it's better to be prepared when you go to a meeting like that. If you've got to go and see a solicitor or an accountant or whatever, you've got the list of what you want to discuss. Mm, And it may cost money, but it's it's a good investment in your financial health for the future. Yeah. And there's a lot you can do before you start going to a financial advisor. And you've got to work out, first of all, do I want financial guidance or do I want financial advice? Now, financial guidance gives you guidance. You pay for that, but it won't actually sell you particular products. Financial advice sells you particular products. And um, there are lots and lots of places you can go. So Money Helper is particularly good on pensions. Um, That's a sort of government approved online advice um, for the money and pensions service. Um, Martin Lewis, always money saving expert, always good. I'm a big fan, not only of citizens advice. People think you've got to be really down on your uppers to go to citizens advice. Look on their website. It's really, really well put together. It's almost like a sort of ladybird book of explaining things I need to know. Um, it's a really good website. They've done really well with that. The citizens advice bureau. Um, and which as well. Um, you can get a month's free membership to which, uh, or I think it might be a pound for a month or something for the first month. And on there, you can be talked through every aspect of every subject. And it's worth just sitting down and, and doing that homework. It's, it could be the most important thing you do. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely look at all these websites and empower yourself a little before you start paying somebody to make important decisions for you. So let's bring this round to the worst case scenario. You're suddenly single. Maybe you haven't done all of those things. You haven't had that conversation. Do you have any advice in those first few days, few weeks, few months? Uh, Because I know that they kind of call it uh, a brain freeze in many ways you know new widows their memory is weak their attention span is short they're grieving decision making is difficult this can be when you can be taken advantage of you can make decisions maybe without processing them in a way that you would a few months later any suggestions there yeah i do i think that what everyone should do is have in their mind a yeah she's probably my most capable friend and she's not going to go to bits I remember when my partner had cancer, I had various friends who dropped off dishes, various friends who really were on it. And I had friends who came around and sat in my kitchen and cried. And I thought, oh, I don't need you to come and sit in my kitchen and cry. 
I'm the one who wants to go and have a big sob. I don't want to be making you tea. So work out who is your capable friend. And they're the person that you call. And they are the one with you sitting in the room. They are the one that makes the phone calls. And because you, they are going to have to say to everybody, I have Mrs. So-and-so here uh, with me. She can verify that she is who she says she is. And we're going to go through every single one. I would like to um, declare um, that you know this so-and-so has passed away, et cetera, et cetera. And there is, in fact, if you Google it, there is a death advisory declaration, I think it's called, um, where if you fill it in, they will contact all the banks and all the pensions and all the everybody for you, which is a really good way of doing it. It also stops you getting, you know, five months later, letters saying, dear so-and-so, which must be heartbreaking. Um, dear so-and-so, you haven't paid your TV licence. That's because he's dead. You know, it's just, uh, it must be awful. So protect yourself from that. But I would honestly do it with a friend in the room with you and get them to do it and be that strong person. We've all got one person in our lives who can do that. And I think, you know, taking notes for that person as well, writing down everything that you do because they're not taking it in in that moment and they may need to review what has been done, what has been said, who are we talking to, what's the next step and having a notebook that you just use so that you don't have to take it in in the moment Absolutely. I would also suggest that the Good Grief Trust is a really good website to have absolutely. a look at too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I recommended that one to somebody before and they came back and said that was the most useful recommendation. Oh, yeah. We had Linda but... Magistris on the show quite a few months back and she was just brilliant. And honestly, some of the things that she said, weirdly enough, it came out the same day as my friend's husband passed, shockingly, in fact. And it just got things in my head that I, I didn't realise you, you can mention that, not realise, mentioning that person's name, you know, they're already grieving. You're not going to make it worse by saying the name out loud and just being brave enough to say, look, you know, we need to get some things done. What's your wishes? Let me let me help you where you want. But Absolutely. And yeah. I think, you know, being that helping hand, um, we had a, a, a lovely friend's husband passed just after COVID and his diagnosis was missed because of COVID and because he didn't get his diagnosis within something like six months of ending his life insurance, his life insurance didn't pay out to his widow. And yet the NHS wasn't up and running in that time for him to have his diagnosis as he normally would have done. So all those kind of unexpected things, um, just extraordinary. And if you've got a strong friend who can fight some battles for you or just hold your hand while you are fighting battles, um, then absolutely it's worth it. And thank goodness for Google these days. Honestly, um, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to search up how to, you know, what to do, how to do it. So do not be afraid of going on to Google, but please can you just skip probably the first five or six things that come up if you Google how to write a will, because the first five or six are going to be people who want you to pay them money and they paid to be up there at the top. So go down until you get somebody who you know, somebody who's solid, somebody who's, you know, government or um, affiliated. I mean, money helper 
I've mentioned there before, you know, brilliant at pointing you in the right direction. So go for someone solid and don't, you know, skip the adverts. And, and of course, it's awful. But this is exactly the time when financial wolves will prey on widows. And, you know, you could fall into scam traps. It's disgusting that they work out who has been recently bereaved, but they do go after them. Absolutely. Of course they do. And they will be, there will be emails coming through with links on them um, asking you to put in bank details. They will come. Um, and you will be blindsided by grief and you will be expected to deal with them. But, you know, you can, you know, if you promise yourself that you're not going to open or deal with any emails without somebody sitting by your side, um, you know, do it in the evening when you're tired and, and the grief really has hit and you're going to make mistakes and they're going to hit. So, yeah, daytime coffee with you. And um, I should be sponsored by Nescafe or something, shouldn't I, really? That's what we say. <laughs> Oh, really? On Nespresso? Spend enough on those blooming pods, don't we? <laughs> when you are down, you know, often people ask you for money. You know, they, 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 you've inherited some money. Well, you know, you know, for no reason you want to, but you've, you've got some money and that you do get people perhaps asking or sponging and family ask for some money up front. I mean, how would you how would you sort of. What type of response would you would you say to that? Do you know how? how Gosh, you I hadn't really it? thought of that one, but I think um, I had. <laughs> we used to have a set response for when people asked us to be godparents, which is often, you know, a delicate thing. We had quite enough, so we had a set response. And I think if you've got a set response, it's like my I gave my children. They found it. My girls found it very awkward to answer the uh, the door or the phone to somebody. And tell them to bog off. Basically, they, you know, they were there for half an hour chatting nicely because we taught them to be polite. If you've got a set phrase um, that says, "I'm not actually ready to deal with any of that just yet," but um, obviously, you know, I will consider everything. But I'm not in the right frame of mind, and I'm sure you understand that. You know, that would be very difficult to me to make those decisions. And they're not often my decisions to make. You know, blame somebody else. Just be very sort of um, obscure. Say, I'm so sorry, but those aren't my decisions to make at the moment. I'm not the executor of the will. Pass it on to a third party. You know, and if you if it's an elderly relative who you're worried about them being taken advantage of, I always have said this for years, you know, stick a little script by the phone. Um, so that they know what to say or buy that on the back of the door. Thank you so much. It's not convenient for me to talk right now. Goodbye. You know, that's it. Um, much easier to stick to a script than to sort of be caught off guard. Alice, I knew you'd be helpful and you've been amazing. You've given us a lot to think about, more than I had realised, actually. And I'm pretty sure our listeners will be writing notes as they well, listen to this episode. Yeah. So, oh well, I hope that it, it. I did what I really didn't want to do was bombard people with information because I just think gently, gently, but have the conversation. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Save this episode and go back to it and listen and share it with your friends who may or you know may be coming into this kind of situation. Um, how can they find you, Alice, to follow you and get more nuggets of wisdom? Well, I will put something on my Insta on this because it is important. So I'll reference two women chatting and I'll put a, a whole little thing on Insta um, at the moment because I'm slightly cross and growling about Twitter. So I'm uh, this is Alice Beer on Instagram. This is Alice Beer on Instagram. 
Thank you so much. You've been a brilliant, brilliant source of information. And I, you know, so delighted to have you. No, I've loved, I've really enjoyed chatting, but I've learned a lot, which is, I thought I knew most stuff. I I didn't expect to learn so much. Well, because we've been researching it. So we thought we knew knew it all, really, didn't we? (laughs) Well, can I just say there is nothing nicer than two women chatting? Well, one thing nice was three women (laughs) chatting. We just had that. So thank you. Wow. I'm going to have to admit I've got my head in the sand. I think most of us have, let's face it. It's not an area that most people would want to think about. Nobody wants to think about, as she says, death, divorce and dementia. But should it become a reality? Again, I say front end all this, have the conversation. Well, the thing is, I think Paul and I do, but then we don't do anything about it. That's the big difference. You've got to do something about it. That's what she was saying. You can talk for as long as you like. Sit down. You say, send the kids where you still got your kids around. Don't do it when you've had a drink because that's when we normally talk about things. Do it on a Saturday morning and do it. Yeah, just put the date in the in the diary and just get on with it because the converse of not getting on with it and, and assessing where you are with all of this could be so devastatingly awful at a time when you don't want to be dealing with admin and paperwork and you're going through an emotional time. So obviously making a will is an uncomfortable thing. It really is. But I would agree with Alice that when we made a will, as much as I dreaded writing everything down, getting it done, there was sort of a a sense of, right, seal that, do that, that's done, put it away, let's not look at it again, hopefully, for decades. Um, I think you've just got to address that too. Well, I think... I'm going to say, one, you don't, you shouldn't worry about writing a will. Everyone should write a will. And two, you need to revisit your will because you get older and situations change. Your kids have grown older. And as you were saying, you might want to give things to, to friends or to, the, to children or people you've met years later. And if the will stays the same, it, it's a bit out of date. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if your circumstances change and as your children grow up, yeah, you, uh, your property changes. All of those things. If there's amendments in your life, be it through age or through gain, then you do need to look at it again, don't you? I think they do say you should look at it regularly. Well, that's fun times, isn't yeah. it? No, we're about to revisit ours, that's why. <laughs> but you should, they do, they, you should revisit regularly. We were told that by our lawyers. Maybe they just don't make money out of us. But <laughs> um, I was a bit surprised that the common law spouse thing does not protect you. Um, I always thought that if you lived as partner, partner, man and wife, wife and wife, man and man, whatever it is, I thought that there was laws in place, but clearly there isn't. So, you, you, again, you know, I'm so glad that she came on because she does her research really well. And um, obviously this is a subject that we um, very much want to give you more details on. So we will make sure that there's a whole bunch of resources on our website and a blog that you can read just to, you know, even give you ideas about how to start that conversation with your with your partner or spouse um, because you don't want it to be like threatening, do you? I can I can imagine some. Well, you know, um, John, I I don't know anything about our finance, and I really think I should do. You know, it's not sort of an an, an aggressive thing. It's more a, you know, I don't want to be ignorant. I uh, I just want to protect myself, you, our kids. Can we just sit down and have a conversation? And you know, if I can help you a bit more. And just be on some of the some more of those bills so that we've got joint um, joint accounts. It would just make sense for for our future. 
anybody who takes that as sort of an aggressive stance, I think I'd be like, yeah. It's not necessarily aggressive. They might think, well, why are you asking me now? Are you going to divorce me? Well, blame our podcast. Yeah. Just, just say, yeah. I heard Alice Beer on Two Women Chatting saying, it's about time I got my house in order. And that is exactly is. what I think this is all about, really. It, it's common sense, isn't it? Mm. It really is. Anyway, so do check our website out, which is... TwoWomenChatting.com And write to us. If you find this useful, I'd love to know your feedback. I know Liz and I, we love getting your emails and it makes such a difference when we hear that you know some of the subject matter has touched you. So I think that's all from us. Chat soon. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.